If you want more from us, you can head on over to patreon.com slash totalreboot. For just five bucks a month, you'll get access to our bonus podcast, Total Reboot Riffs, where you're going to hear Cameron and I do two things. We're going to be doing commentaries for movies that are some of the most splendid creations by mankind. And you'll get to hear us pitch our own reboots to classic movies. Also, you'll get access to the Facebook group, our Cinephile Registry, for registered cinephiles. And that's my favorite thing about this whole thing. Love you guys. Hey babies, before we start the show, I just wanted to quickly say I'm doing a one-off encore performance of my stand-up show, Chilled Out, Fired Up, in Sydney on the 20th of August. That's the show that I was touring around earlier in the year. I'm doing one more show of it at the Enmore Theatre Comedy Club because I'm recording a comedy album. And I would love you to come because I goddamn love comedy albums. And most important ingredient of a comedy album is the fucking audience, which would be you. You can Google it or it's in the show notes right now. So you can just look at it on your phone that you're holding and use the promo code. Yeah, baby, to get cheaper tickets for you. So that's yeah, baby, all one word, cheaper tickets. Love you to come. Bye bye. Also, if you want to see Cameron and I on the same stand-up bill, you can come on over this Friday night, July 27th, to Green Lights Comedy Nights. I'm hosting it. Cameron is headlining it. It's only $10. It's at the Gaelic Club in Surrey Hills. It's known as one of the best stand-up shows in the country. I'm very proud of it. So come on and hang out there. If you've never been to live comedy before, it's honestly one of the most fun nights you can go to and you will love it. So we'll see you there. The links for that are in the show notes as well. Hello, totalitarians, and welcome to another fucking episode of Total Reboot, the only podcast available for download and listening within your ears about movie, cinema, and all things film. Available on the internet. My name is Alexi Toliopoulos. I'm one of the hosts of this podcast, and joining me as always is my friend and unofficial mentor, Cameron James. <laughs> <laughs> Unofficial Unofficial Not putting it down I thought we made it official No It's unofficial mentorship That I'm following you You are my leader I am your cadet I'll teach you everything I know First thing um, (laughs) What is it? You're not going to like it Oh Oh, no (laughs) But uh, I'm going to have a good time (laughs) Welcome to Total Reboot The only podcast to go through the reboots Uh Remakes And rip-offs of cinema. And today we are doing something that we have longed to explore. I don't even know podcast. how to categorize it. Mm-hmm. It's sort of a remake and a reboot. And also the same thing. And uh, the exact same thing. Last week, obviously, we talked about a very famous movie. One of the most famous movies of all time. It's 
a celebrity. It's this the movie. freaking Tila Tequila of movies. Yeah, this movie is has virality. It's, it will go viral. It, it it could definitely go viral. This movie, if it were a little shorter, mm. if Psycho 1960 were a Vine, it would have gone viral. It would have definitely gone viral. Yeah. If it was an Instagram story, sure. If they if, sure. <laughs> if it's made as an Instagram story, sure. sure, it would go viral in a second. Absolutely. If it were a tweet, yes. It would have gone. It would, it would psycho viral. Trend. It would be trending right now, <laughs> but alas, it were a movie made in the time before color. Well, just it was after color. the Hayes Code, yeah. just before Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Somewhere in that murky grey area of history, <laughs> when the Hayes Code was broken and Twitter had yet to be spread its tiny little wings, yet to be discovered. It still existed, but <laughs> but it only existed as a sound that birds made. <laughs> That was, of course, Psycho, which means this week we're talking about the iconic, for perhaps bad reasons, Mm -hmm. (laughs) 1998 remake of Psycho by Gus Van Sant, who is another visionary director. One of the greats. Another auteur. Yeah. But someone I would never in a million years have thought even likes Alfred Hitchcock. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> has seen a Hitchcock movie. Yeah, yeah, He probably would have seen a few of them. The guy went to film school or whatever. I'd be like, oh, yeah, he probably likes Vertigo because yeah. it's weird. Because it's... And it's, it's colour it's and it's w- set in San Francisco. <laughs> that sounds like his freaking MO. It's weird <laughs> colour and it's set in San Fran. Yeah, he it, loves that shit. It could be fucking milk it's for milk, we know. It's the first milk. It's the first movie to be milk-esque. Yeah. Before milk existed. I never would have thought to have put Gus Van Sant and I Alfred know. Hitchcock's Psycho in the same sentence. They're different guys because when you think of Alfred Hitchcock, he produces blood, you know? He's a vampiric director. But you think of freaking Gus Van Sant, he's a cow. He produces milk. <laughs> I saw the I saw the working of that joke before I saw the, the equation. I saw the working yeah. of it. I'm like, oh no, I think I know where this is going. Yeah. And good for you. So Gus Van Sant, maybe give a little briefer before we dive in. Mm. What's he made? He made milk, milk. Did he make lemonade? <laughs> <laughs> the Beyonce, the Beyonce visual story. And what's that around the corner? Oh. That's where chocolate's made, baby. <laughs> oh, he made chocolate. He made chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Gus Van Sant is first came into my, you know, awareness world. by the movie Elephant. Mm, yeah, which was famously <laughs> inspired you inspired me uh, to buy a trench coat and make some plans and uh, really <laughs> tell those bullies at school what's what. What's up? What the frick is up right now? Um, but yeah, I think that for people of our age, Elephant, Elephant would be, the, would be the one, right? But that- before that, before our generation, he was known for um, My Own Private Idaho, mm-hmm. Drugstore Cowboy. Yeah. Um, of course, the iconic, he's probably most accessible movie, Good William Hunting. Good William Hunting, uh, yeah, his Oscar win. Mm. That's the one that came out before this. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, he like toiled in indie obscurity for a little while, mm-hmm. then became a kind of critically acclaimed indie darling, yep. and then finally had a breakthrough mainstream Os- mainstream hit with Good William Hunting, mm-hmm. for which he won the Oscar? Was nominated. Uh, I think he, I, he would have been nominated. The but- boys won. 
The fellas took the it home. The boys won for best screenplay. And when they won, the energy in the room... Electric. Electrifying. Electric. It, it was not unlike Grease Lightning. <laughs> it was... I mean, first of all, those boys from Boston. Yeah. Matty and, and Matt. <laughs> Matty and Ben. <laughs> Matty and Ben, Benny Matty and Matt. Matty and Ben, Benny and Matt. Whatever you want to call them. Yeah, Matty and Benny. You, I would not dare call them both that. No way. Only no one way. of them gets the why. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because I got up. They got up. Uh, they famously brought their mothers to the ceremony. When they won, we all won, including Gus Van Sant. Yeah, all us boys out there who thought, oh, I just oh, want to muck around in Hollywood yeah. and write a cool movie. If only I could become a moderately successful actor and then win an Oscar for writing. Yeah. Oh, gosh, that would really make me feel so happy. And I think I've got it. what it takes now because <laughs> of the boys. The boys, the boys. from Baston. So, obviously, uh, Gus Van Sant got a golden ticket mm. after that movie. He could Willy make stuff. anything he wanted. Yeah. The studios opened up their doors and said, Gus, what do you got? And what did he do? He said, I want to remake... Alfred Hitchcock's 1960 classic, Psycho. In the year 1998. Shot for shot. Mm -hmm. Not just, I'm going to take the story and do what I want with it. I'm going to replicate it shot for shot. Every camera angle, every movement. I want all the blocking to be the same. Every performance type to be the same. Not only that, get the original cunt that wrote the script. Get him to change a few words, make it normal. Change three words in the movie so it's now 90s lingo. You know like one of them s- says radical. You point. know how they say that she stole $40,000? Chuck another fucking O on there yeah. so it makes sense nowadays. Can you please change that for us? Because I can't do that myself. I don't know how to use Final Draft. <laughs> Final Draft doesn't exist yet. Can I scribble it down? Get the boys back in to write this. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just mark up the classic script? Can I put some markings on it? Yeah, Cameron, blue pages. Let's blue pages. dive straight into it. I'm dying to talk about this movie. We've, we've I'm introduced you. the seams to talk about it. <laughs> We've introduced you freaking Gus Van Sant is. Let's find out what his 1998 psycho is all about. Spoiler, it's the same shit. <laughs> oh, my boy's best friend is his mother. <laughs> she just... Uh, she just goes a little mad sometimes. Psycho, 1998, directed by Gus Van Sant. A new vision of a classic nightmare. Criminal on the run, Marion Crane takes refuge at the motel operated by Norman Bates, a troubled man whose victims encounter a grisly fate at the hands of his mother, inverted commas. Okay. Marion soon becomes the next victim and her disappearance prompts inquiries from her sister and a private investigator who both soon discover the morbid bond linking Norman to his mysterious mother, in inverted commas again, at the Bates Motel. Mm. We talked about it a little bit last week, but I distinctly remember the big cutout display of this poster yeah. at my cinema when I was a young man, 10 Can you years des- old. describe that poster? Sure. So, let me set the scene. Mm-hmm. It's 10. I'm 10 years old. It's 10. I'm 10. It's I 10. should be in bed. I should be in bed. <laughs> what am I doing out? Don't tell mum. But mm-hmm. I'm staying up to watch Small Soldiers. Well, a boy's best friend is his mother, so you should tell her. <laughs> The cutout is, um, it's one of those ones you can walk into, I guess. They'd spent a lot of money marketing this Whoa, movie. Oh, for real? Uh, it was a big uh, black uh, 
cutout display with an actual shower curtain. Yeah. And behind the shower curtain is presumably Anne Heche's naked body yeah. with blood running up from the ground to yeah. her head, essentially. Or probably vice versa. But it's it's heavier probably on the running from her. And her hand is pressed against the mm. shower screen. Yeah. And the tagline is, check in, relax, take a shower. Mm. And me, 10 years old, getting the reference. Yeah. You would have seen Simpso or something I've like that. I've seen all sorts of parodies of this stuff. I turn to my friends, I go, you guys aren't going to freaking believe this, but... She dies in a shower in this movie. That's why. And that's like, the joke. Does she fall over like Nana? <laughs> and I go, no, 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 not Nana. This is Mother. Yes. Mother yes. comes in with a big butcher. Yes. And slices and dices. Mother has arrived. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, you know, kind of excited. I remember there was a big profile on this movie mm. and Rolling Stone. I was a big Rolling Stone head at 10 years old. Oh, you love the Max. I loved rock and roll. I love that sort of shit. Mm. There was a big profile on Gus Van Sant's Psycho featuring a big promo shot of... Um, the new and improved Norman Bates mm. as played by Vincent Vaughn. That's the weird thing in this movie. He doesn't change very much. <laughs> no. The only thing he changes is obviously Vince Vaughn Physically. plays Bates. Physically. But changes his first name. Master. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Master Bates, I presume. You yeah. are cacking yourself up at that one, There's aren't you? There's so many good puns for this episode that I'm <laughs> laying in there already. I'm so proud of myself today. I went so I was really excited about seeing this movie because I guess I, I didn't know that remakes were mostly mm. shit. Yeah. And I remember hearing, you know, reading this thing in Rolling Stone, seeing the big thing at the movies, hearing that people didn't like it or mm. didn't want it to be made or that it yes. was like... The idea offended people. Yeah, it offended people. And I remember a lot of the talk at the time was that the original was in black and white, this yeah. one was in colour, so yes. the blood was going to be too much. Yeah. And as a young man, I was like, give me this blood. I want to see blood. I, see I love so blood. Much blood. I'm obsessed with blood. Yeah. Hemoglobin <laughs> is my shit. <laughs> I'm obsessed with blood. I'm obsessed with gore and blood and violence. Mm. And so I really wanted to see it. I got it on out on video yeah. when it first came out and thought it was boring. Yeah. Didn't really <laughs> give a shit about it after yeah. that. But I was so excited about the hype for it. I think mm. I might have been maybe one of the only people in the world who was. <laughs> you were 10. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, my memory of this film is I think I would have seen parts of it before the original. On the last episode, I talked about it being on TV quite a little bit. Mm. And mm. it being... Probably TV1 or something. TV1, probably <laughs> TV1. But it just being advertised a lot and just like it being kind of... Um, in the zeitgeist for the first couple of years after this. And so I was aware of it. But I, like I said, I was aware, probably not in 98 because I would have only been six. Mm. But in the next few years, I was very aware of who Alfred Hitchcock was and sure. like seeing a couple of his movies. So to me, <laughs> it was heresy. <laughs> you can't stand it. You hate to see one of your heroes be mm. mimicked in such a way. Whether it be... Alfred Hitchcock mimicked on the big screen or Cameron James mimicked in an open mic. I don't like to see it. You don't like it. And I am only an unofficial hero, so let's not really... Well, you're an official hero, unofficial mentor. That's exciting stuff. And me? I'm the one that mimics you. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you doing this to me, man? I think it's funny. Okay, I guess it is funny. Yeah. First thoughts upon watching this movie. Mm. Go. 
While watching it all last night, <laughs> genuinely, I was texting you throughout my experience mm-hmm. watching it. Yeah, so I have I, a bit of an insight as yeah, to how you felt. Because honestly, it was like, it was bizarre. Because I, much like watching the original Psycho, you remember that first first half a lot. Yeah. Front loaded, that's what you remember. So going into this one, I remembered that first end. Like I knew Vincent Vaughn. This movie has a freaking Vincent Vaughn factor. The VVF baby. I know that he is money. I know that he is the baby. He plays freaking... He plays masturbates in this movie, okay? He's there. He's doing it. So I knew that was his thing. That was his money, okay? He was getting Stop. money for doing this shit. So I knew that. I knew Anne Haish also played Marion Crane. And I knew that Anne Haish had broken Ellen DeGeneres' heart. Oh, uh, just then? Just before oh, this. Oh, gosh. And what happened to Steve Martin? I'm sure he's fine. Well, she dumped him to be... She dumped Ellen to be with him or vice versa. What? I don't remember which way. She was way. with Steve Martin and then yeah, she... Yeah, they were like an iconic him? couple in the 90s. Anne Haish and Steve Martin. Yes. And she said, you know what? I'm going to the other side. <laughs> yeah. And Ellen was like, this is great. I've got a girlfriend. Mm. Everything's great. And then she went, you know what? I'm going back to the other side. I don't know which order they dated, but it was Brutal. iconic scandal. I saw it on E! E! News as 21 most iconic scandals of the 90s. That is very scandalous. Mm, scandalous. So scandalous. <laughs> so, and hey, she knew she mm. was in this movie. Knew she was in it. Watching this movie, I have a visceral reaction to it. Yeah. Honestly, I fucking felt ill watching it. Yeah. The way that Mulholland Drive makes me feel ill. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it's uncanny. <laughs> this, it's I was just un- about to say, it's yes. the uncanny valley. It's an uncanny... We're fucking go- living in the uncanny valley in yeah. this. It's so uncanny because it's the identical script. Mm. Joseph Stefano, like whatever his name is. It's like when you watch... Um, the first episode of the American season of The yes. Office. <laughs> yes. And you're like, what are they doing? Why yeah. are they doing this? It's exactly the same. The beats don't feel quite right they anymore. They don't seem right. And I, I guess with this, it's because there's been 38 years between yep. these two. So 38 years and three movies and a pilot. Yeah. So there's no like, like the way people talked in 1960, mm. it was already heightened for that movie. Yeah. It makes no sense when it's paired with the naturalistic acting of modern day Viggo Mortensen yeah. and and Haish in that opening scene mm. that's enough to make you feel sick because they're yeah. real actors who are doing real work doing yeah. a great job but they have to deliver dialogue that doesn't make sense coming out of their mouths. No, it's... It's like watching Shakespeare. Yes. Someone who doesn't understand Shakespeare. It's like when you see a modern Shakespeare yeah. where they're like, let's set Macbeth in the fucking yeah. gangland or let's set Romeo and yes. Juliet in a schoolyard where it's just like, it's okay... Keanu Reeves doing Hamlet or something. Yeah, exactly. I would what? have loved to have seen that when he took that year <laughs> off to do Hamlet. Would have loved to have seen it. You go, okay, but these people have been trained and raised in mm. a world where the way that you act is about realism and yeah. naturalism, but this script is not that at all. No, it's an old school script. The mm. same guy wrote it because it is the same script. Joseph Stefano came back, made a few little changes, tweaks to make it more normal. That was his. I think he, he changed four words. He wanted to do it. He wanted to do it that way. Well, did so, he get paid? How much did they pay him for Probably that? $700,000. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, That's a guess. Selfish. Yeah. Give it to the boys. They yeah. just won an Oscar the year before. God, if they had done punch-up on this. If Benny and Matt... I mean, first of all, it wouldn't have been in Arizona. It would have been set in Boston. In Boston. Or give it to fucking one of the hippest young filmmakers around the time, Mr. Kevin Smith. <laughs> yeah. The dialogue would have been through the roof. It would have been amazing. And yes, of course I wanted to do it that way because the remake that I was forced to make at film school was... <laughs> was set Clerks. in the video store. It was Clerks, Clerks Meets Psycho. Clerks Psycho. Which, by the way, 
Great idea for a movie. Maybe if I've got it, I will put it up on the Facebook group. So if you join Patreon, you'll be able to see that fucking <laughs> please, horrible please movie. Please do, please do. Um, yeah, I think I felt the same way. It's the uncanny valley factor. Mm-hmm. And I started to get, probably like you, yeah. increasingly infuriated yeah. and annoyed because it's a shot-for-shot shot remake, but it's not shot-for-shot. Shot. Mm, and that so started close. to really piss me off. Well, it's it feels like an experiment, but an experiment gone wrong. And I guess it is an experiment. That's what he said about it. He said, I want this to be perceived mm. as a creative experiment rather than a commercial you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's so ballsy, like, to do this. It's huge. And I, I reckon it's really interesting. Like, the idea of doing a pop art remake of a classic yeah. that is exactly the same is really interesting and cool. Mm. If your idea is, let's see if um, let's if, put it, if genius uh, yeah. is something that can be replicated mm. or if it's something that's underneath the surface, yeah. between the lines. You know, that, that's like a great idea for yeah. a fucking film school student. Well, let's put it at a fucking gallery. <laughs> like this movie yeah. is a gallery piece or something. And it's something. also, it's funny in a way that they got paid to do this by Universal. Mm. Like all of it is kind of a really funny, ballsy experiment. But I think where it's it goes wrong... It's funny. <laughs> where it goes wrong is that um, Gus Van Sant seems to be the only one who wants to do it that mm. way. Whereas every yeah. actor in this movie is like, I'm just kind of going to do my own thing. There's a few things. Where I'll bring it up mm. later because I watched <clears> a documentary that's available on like the Blu-ray and yeah. DVD of this film. Um, I didn't go out to buy this movie. I It comes in a psycho box set that I have. And the documentary- It comes when you order pizza. Yeah. <laughs> it comes with the Domino's pizza. It comes with Domino's pizza yeah, stuffed yeah. crust. Yeah. <laughs> you have to order the stuffed crust. And it comes with a knife. Yeah. You can cut your own pizza. If you order this specific thing, it comes with the pizza knife still in the box <laughs> and a DVD of Psycho 19. 19- um, but it's it's a Vince Vaughn deal. Yeah. It's a VVD, Vince Vaughn deals. Um, it's a coupon that you have to apply when you buy Domino's online. Um, but, oh yeah, so watch the documentary. Yeah. The documentary is called Psychopath, I think. It's about cool. half an hour long. Oh, I get it. I don't get it. I get it. Oh, God, psycho. Because psycho already comes from the word psychopath. Psychopath. And this is saying, this is the path to making psycho. Like path to psycho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't put that together and it sucks. (laughs) (laughs) This is coming from a guy that made three milk jokes in the first five minutes of this show. (laughs) That sucks. Um, But uh, (laughs) uh, so that's really interesting. It's about half an hour long. If you can track it down, worth watching. Uh, Mm. But I will be relaying information about that after. But I want to talk about our fucking reactions to what's happening in the movie. Because like, I said I felt ill and I was texting you the whole way through this movie because mm. just like I said it's it felt like Mulholland Drive to me where yeah. it is uncanny it feels wrong it feels weird there's things that don't make sense even though they should make sense which is why they don't make fucking sense yeah. and the casting <laughs> is so weird they're so weird the I casting made me feel some sick some of the casting I like you know the back end casting's great the front yeah. end is weird yeah. like Anne Heche as Marion Crane uh, replacing Janet Lee is so. I don't know. I don't like her in this. Well, role. have you read anything she said about it? I read this quote from. She like, had never seen Psycho before. She never seen Psycho. She watched it and she spent the whole time watching it, going, hating Marion Crane, mm-hmm. going like, "Oh, why is this idiot just stealing money? Now she's yeah. running away. She's so dumb." So she hated the character. Wow, and then instilled the character with her own hatred of it. You can see it. It shows. You can see that she finds this character dumb and oh, stupid. Oh, God. You know, it's like... 
that's the thing. If you're going to do this, you need to get people on yeah. board who are so willing to recreate it accurately. Yeah. You know, even within this cast, Julianne Moore is in it. Uh, she could have been Marion Crane. She would have been a great Marion Crane. We should close this episode by doing a fantasy cast of who yeah. we would have done uh, in a 98 version. Ideas. Me too. I've, I've got, got heaps ideas. of ideas. I'm creative. Yeah, I also actually have an idea for a uh, for a remake of Milk. Yeah. yeah, I want um, Spike Lee to make it. It's called Chocolate Milk. Um, <laughs> uh, so Anne Hayes, did you buy her? No, not really, because um, I I get what she's doing with it. Like she's playing it quite real, quite nineties, mm. especially. Um, but she's too ditzy. the character doesn't need to be that. It doesn't need yeah. to be a real grounded character. She can be enigmatic. Yeah. I like that Janet Lee plays her where we don't really know mm. her motivations at all. We but just... we know her motivations in this, not only because we know them from the movie that we've already yeah, seen. But she sort but of spills it out it. on her face. You see it. You can see that she doesn't really even like Sam that much. Yeah. And she's just like this jaded 90... Like, I get it. It's yeah. just kind of like 90s slacker, like almost true romance. Like, yeah. I'm going to rob this person but and she, I'm going to fuck off. She's heightened in a way that I don't find satisfying. Like, there's people mm. playing with different tones mm. in this movie. There are people playing it the way that it was in the old days, doing recreations of it, people finding middle ground and people doing naturalistic acting. Mm. I don't know what she finds. That's my problem with it. Everyone's like, in a different movie. Yeah. Some people are in a remake. Some people are in a recreation. Yeah. And I think I would be more singing this movie's praises if everyone was in the recreation. Yeah. And everyone decided to do it exactly the same as the original. If it was one person's leading the experiment, Gus Van Sant yep. leading the experiment, instead of allowing other people to experiment the within the world nice. as well. He's too kind. He's too kind. People go, hey, Vince Vaughn will go, hey, I'm going to play it a little bit differently. And hey, go, I'm going to yeah, play yeah, it differently. Right. I'm going to be money. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, you go be money, man. <laughs> I'm going to be money in here, okay? Okay, you go Watch be money. me do this, okay? He should have just been going, no, you'll do it exactly yeah. as I say. Yeah. Study every movement that Anthony Perkins makes and replicate it because this is an experiment. Instead of fucking jiggling around doing your own movements, if you know what I mean. <laughs> One major change. Um, we got to get about, to that. We'll get to that. Should we talk about... What else do we have to say about Anne Heche? Nothing. I she guess sucks. nothing. I guess nothing. Yeah, she I sucks. Don't know. I didn't. There's one moment. Um, I feel bad for Anne Hayes. I think she's been cast very badly in history. In history, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she's I think in, she's a good actor. Same. She's in a movie that's available probably on Netflix, uh, Catfight, mm. which I think she's very good in. Directed by Anna Tuckle. Yeah. And um, or maybe written by him. I think he did both. But she's um, she's also very good. And I know what he did last summer. Yeah, I think she's good. <laughs> she's good, but people, you know, her. Her controversial dating life in yeah. the 90s really changed the way people I think have so. ever seen People her say she's crazy. And yeah. I listened to an episode of Doug Love Movies that she's on. Makes me believe she is. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, I don't know. I like her. I want to give her the benefit of the doubt going into... I didn't even think I had to give her the benefit of the doubt. I tried to in. give everyone the benefit of the doubt this yeah. time around. And some people won my respect. Yeah, I like to be... If Which we'll I, get to. One of my heroes I would be is Al Pacino, Devil's Advocate. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I didn't I didn't think I needed to give a benefit of the doubt, but it just, like, just wasn't... <clears throat> I didn't buy anything. There's one moment uh, in there that Joseph Stefano talked about, mm-hmm. um, which is the moment where she decides before the shower scene where... In the original, it's a small moment. It doesn't mean mm. anything where you can, or it means something, but it doesn't show anything where it's clear that she's going to go back. 
Yeah, what is she? She's packing a bag or something. Yeah, she's packing a bag, and it appears that she will be going back to return the money or something like that. And just as Stefano said that he likes to, um, he likes to put in moments in his scripts where before someone dies, they have like a wondrous moment where they are. Um, they, uh, they, they, uh, they, they have the their full life in front of them. Where sure. So in for, but you see that with her. Well, so well, in Janet Lee, it's like Janet Lee's version of that mm. is when she gets in the shower, she and the water hits her. She like is smiling. She's yeah. happy. She feels good that she's made the right decision. She's going to relieve she's her gonna guilt. Go back. She'll take the consequences. And it's the shower is obviously symbolic yeah. of like baptism and like yeah. she's being reborn. But unfortunately. Twas to be her last shower, <laughs> um, but it's like not—it's not even said. That's no. like subtext. Yeah, it's very the good. Film. It's very. But in good. this one, you see her face like become full of wonder when she makes that decision, mm. and I think she took what he said to heart too much and played it too much. Yeah. But it's not her fault. The director fucked up. The director should be telling people what to do, like Alfred Hitchcock, treating them like cattle. Well, I think that's maybe the problem, really. I think that's interesting because we said that he's too kind, but that's like a thing that he—if he was making an experiment. I don't know. Yeah. He could have been doing that He should that have been well. more controlling, yeah. my thoughts. Let's move to VVF. VVF, the Vince Vaughn factor, this guy I'm a fan of, as you know. Yeah. You love Wedding, Wedding Crashes. Wedding Crashes. One of my favorite movies yeah. of all time. <laughs> yeah. My favorite movie of 2008, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what it was? That's what I said. Some wasn't year, it? whatever. Oh, some year. But it was your favorite movie of that year. My favorite movie of 2008 or 2009 or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't think, I think it was earlier than that. Oh, I don't God. think it would be a fair movie I've had No Country for Old Men or There Will Be Bloods. <laughs> yeah, look, I like him and I think the guy's a good actor, but you've raised, uh, you've raised this before. Mm. No one really knows how to use Vince Vaughn. Especially in this time, this yeah. era where it's like right after Swingers. Swingers was like, what, mid to late? Yeah, 96 maybe. and it's he's incredible in that it is a star-making performance for a reason. He comes out his he, money, his money, yeah. his baby, Vegas baby. Yeah, you know, and exactly. it's very cool. He's very cool. He's charismatic. He's popping off the screen. It's such Who an exciting, exciting character, exciting mm, performance. Trent, and then you know, a year or two later, we get to see him coming up against dinos yeah. in the Lost World. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Very cool. It's money. It makes sense to me that Tyrannosaurus he's baby a drama at this point. Yeah, it makes sense to me. I, I like the idea. Like physically, he's interesting looking. Uh, he can act dramatically, mm. but something. What is it about him that's not right in this? People just didn't. I, people were struggling to find how to use him. Like Gus Van Sant, great director, didn't know how to use him. He's yeah. wrong in this movie. Yeah. I think what he is wrong is what we talked about in the last episode was Anthony Perkins bring this sympathy, bring this sensitivity. Mm. I don't think that it is possible to feel those for him yeah. in yeah. this way. He's cold. He's a colder actor. Well, not just cold. It's um, He's huge. He's big. He's big Vaughn. Very tall, broad shoulders. He looks like a football player. Yeah. He's massive. Anthony Perkins is skinny. Yeah. He's like a little sparrow. It's also one of those problems, I think, where because he was like a bit of an it boy in the 90s yeah. as well, like he burst out of the indie scene, Sundance yeah. with, you know, swingers and stuff. He And then he went straight to a Spielberg movie. Yeah. 
to be in this, it's like setting him up to be a punching bag, to play mm. a great villain. Yeah. Especially because he's playing him like a villain, sort of. Yes, and he's got so much masculine energy yeah, that yeah. Anthony Perkins doesn't have. If they went for someone who was like a sweeter on-screen presence, yeah. even, this is maybe too stupid, but like a James Franco, like mm. a smaller man, a smaller, oh, he would be too sweeter small. person. Dude, he'd be like a little baby. He would have been too young. Yeah, but you know, like 16, 17. go crazy, go like a Tommy Hanks Bushimi. or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, someone not sinister in that way. Like, Because I think Vince Vaughn, he doesn't have a sinister energy, but in this movie he has a sinister energy. I think the problem is that he is, this character is so iconic that he has approached it with the brain of someone who knows he's playing a famous yeah. serial killer. Yeah. So even though he's not really projecting or hinting towards any serial mm. killer tendencies... You can see in his acting choices that he knows yes. he's evil and it's a problem for me because Perkins didn't, you know? Yeah. And I think, mm-hmm. yeah, because it's two people. When he's fucking Norman, yeah. he's not evil. He's he's a guy who loves his mother and he's a fucked up relationship with yeah. her. I never believed that Vince Vaughn loved his mother. I think what we're saying is that Vince Vaughn is not a nuanced enough actor to mm. have played this role. I think he can be nuanced, but not in this regard. He's quite good. He can't be this sensitive. I like I like him. I loved him in, the, in True Detective Season yeah. 2. I thought he was incredible in that. The guy is a dramatic actor. Yeah. But at this point in his career, he probably wasn't. That He's good. so mask as well. The guy's yeah. just macho. Well, should we talk about that? Yes, let's talk about the jerk off scene. Well, that's something that we've mm. um we've both discussed and and obviously read a little bit into that one of the main criticisms on this movie mm. is that in the sequence where Norman Bates is perving yeah. on Marion Crane through a peephole. Uh, they decided in this movie to include a heavy implication mm. that he is also jerking his gherkin. The guy is jacking it. And you can see it. He's he's shaking up and down. You hear his fly you come undone and you hear the, the famous fap, fap, fapping yeah. And I wonder man. where they got those noises from mm. in the sound bank. I think it's Vince Vaughn has a very... You know, baloney-esque foreskin that flaps around <laughs> And it was in situ That moment is something that has been talked about a lot mm. um, And for many reasons, I guess Some people think it's gratuitous Like it's a way of getting shock into a movie That people already mm. know the twists and turns It's making of, it grubbier um, Making it dirtier Making it more like edgy in 90s or whatever I think, and something, you know I think we're about to yeah. discuss Is that it is a deliberate choice to make Norman Bates more masculine. I think... um, Take away the asexuality. Take away the asexuality and take away... Well, Gus Van Sant is a queer filmmaker. Yeah, he comes from new queer cinema. His earliest films are all kind of delved in that culture, subculture of... Mm. Uh, queer America and drug culture. I feel like uh, like he was making a deliberate decision yeah. here to take away the coded gay villain archetype and the theory that Norman Bates is gay. And Norman yeah. Bates is well because Anthony yeah. Perkins was a gay man or at yeah. least bisexual man. Yeah, died of AIDS complications. Yeah, um, and all the theory that has come since 1960 is I mean, attached to many movies of that yeah. era and many Hitchcock movies and a lot of villain cr- yeah, characters. Villain Archetype of, is yeah. that these these are gay closeted gay men who cannot express their homosexuality, mm. so they lash out with violent actions towards women. Yeah. That's what it is. That's and why it, the twirling mustache, yeah. gay 
guy in a cape tying a woman to a t- train track. And That's it's, where it all comes it's from. tied into this genre. Contemporaneous to this remake is, of course, Silence of the Lambs, like yeah. eight years earlier. Um, that is also based on Ed Gein, who is mm-hmm. a serial killer that... Yeah. Uh, uh, that is the basis of Buffalo Bill, mm-hmm. and that deals with the same kind of I- the same yeah. kind of issues, and that's why that movie is controversial. But I think that movie is really good, and it um, rises above it's an that incredible kind of movie. Thing. They also make uh, they go out of their way in that movie to have Hannibal Lecter say, "I don't think he's actually transsexual, yeah, he or transgender. He just." <laughs> doesn't know what he is. Yeah, and it explains yeah. around. And he it wants where... to be that because he wants to admit he wants to belong yeah. to something. Well, so I find this. While I think this choice is wrong for the film, I think it's right for the filmmaker and yeah. for him to make this choice and to change this character in history is interesting. And I think it is good. I think it's interesting too. But I think in the movie it's wrong. It's a wrong choice. Well, I just think there's not enough want. of it. Like there's those little moments that he's jerking off. Yeah. Then we've got. Just the physicality of, of him himself is so different to Anthony Perkins. Yeah. Like we've already mentioned, the guy's like six foot six. Yeah. He's broad as fuck. He looks like a football player. He uh, he's doesn't... Bu- he's psycho in a bug-eyed way rather yeah. than a subdued, He doesn't slow put release. space between him and the women ever. Yeah. He's always quite close to them when yeah. he's talking to them, which is what some a single man who maybe yeah. wants to fuck does. Yeah. Um, and I, I think in, it's interesting that a queer filmmaker would go, I'm going to recast a coded gay villain mm. as a clearly straight man, as a point, like to kind of backtrack decades and yeah. decades of that sort of... You Make know, a, a, a yeah. statement. This yeah. film already is a statement yeah. of something. I think that's really cool and really interesting, but there's just... It doesn't seem like that's the thesis of the movie. I don't think so, and I think that's why it's wrong for the film. Yeah. Because... After that, we've already talked about how we have sympathy for Norman in the last yeah. episode for the rest of the film. How can you have sympathy for a guy that's whacking his beans out? I know. Like, that's you a big know, thing, Like isn't it? that, it makes it like a, a pervasive <laughs> yeah. thing. If he's ju- we watch him jerk off through a peephole and then we watch him for 10 minutes try to clean it up. Or mm. clean- <laughs> Clean up the mess yeah. of the violent murder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it makes you go, oh, this sicko. This, yeah. this guy's a sicko. Is this guy <laughs> fucking Michael Moore? It's this sicko. This guy's a wacko. Yeah, this guy. He's a wacko. He's a wacko. He's does. He's a wacko. He's a wacko. He's a wacko. Like it. You don't feel bad for the guy ever. No. And it's like you know, it's not a bad performance from him. It's just all those choices don't quite add up. Yeah. to me, and that's. Bizarre. Yeah. Also, they've made um, Vera Miles. What's that character's name? Lila. Lila Crane. Lila Crane. They've made her character in this, the the Julianne Moore mm. type, very, very much uh, a representation or a stand-in of nineties lesbian as well. Really, I didn't pick that up. She's quite like the way she dresses, the way mm. she talks, her body language towards Sam. It's like she's being played as a gay woman. Wow, okay. Um, And she's the hero, I guess, of the second half of the movie. Also, it takes away the idea of like any romantic flame between her and Sam. So, all that stuff is quite interesting. I find it quite fun. Mm. They must Um, have had fun hanging out again, Vince Vaughn and (laughs) Julianne Moore, back from Hawaii. Yeah, back from the lost world. Back from Isla Sorna. The most sexual people in this movie are the men. Mm. You know, we get to see Viggo Mortensen's Butthole, right? Yeah. At the start of the movie. <laughs> oh, I think Anne Heche is pretty sexual at the start of the film, but she seems really. Uh, I watched it oh, weirdly I don't know, a right. couple it of times. Uh, I think she's 
she seems like she hates him. It's yeah. really odd. It yeah. Seems, seems like she hates herself for sleeping with him and her, and him for like not marrying her or being yeah. her seriously. It's all played in a, a way that doesn't feel sexy. Well, yeah, in the original, that is sexy. That yeah. they're not married, you know? Yeah. That's fucking breaking the haze code. I want to fucking Vince Vaughn myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Someone, I read a uh, Roger Ebert who hated yeah. this, obviously. Yeah. His review talks about how in the first one, when, they, uh, when they're having sex on their lunch break, it felt naughty and taboo. Mm. Whereas in this one, it's like... You just fucking wait till after work. It's the 90s. Why you have to sneak off? And it also feels <laughs> like uh, like it makes it feel like a cheap movie. It makes it feel yeah. dirty and grubby. Um, what else? I think the key cast, we've talked about the people that are all really matter. Like, mm. But, you know, William H. Macy plays Abagast this time. He's the one who seems like he belongs in this movie, yeah. if I'm honest with you. It feels like he decided to be in a 1960 version. Yeah. Well, there's a few people that do that. I'll mm. talk about a little bit in the documentary, uh, the making of yep. James Remar, who plays the um, the cop that pulls mm. uh, Marion Crane over. He wanted to do exact replication, and he yep. looks like the fucking cop in the original movie. Yeah. And he just he's like, I want to do it. I want to go for it. And they were all encouraging of him doing that. The guy that plays the car salesman, he wanted to do a bit of that, but then he ended up bringing a little bit of modern stank to it, a little bit more of a used car salesman vibe to it as well. Yeah. It's an odd performance, but... Uh, yeah, I didn't love it. Yeah. Like, I kind of just... Honestly, I think I'd love it more if everyone committed to this. Mm. Let's recreate it. Yeah. I um, really do think that. But I will say, on the other hand, if you were to ask me what my favorite Psycho movie is, I'd say the one with the red hot chili pepper in it. Yeah, with Flea? That's what I texted you was when I was like... Because I didn't know any of these people. I didn't know Julianne Moore was in the movie. Yeah, I didn't know yeah, William yeah. H. Macy was in the movie. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to the credits at the start. Yeah. And then there's a scene with Flea and fucking... <laughs> and like Viggo Mortensen and Julianne Moore. And then yeah. a few minutes later, William H. Macy pops up. Yeah. Like, this is fucking crazy. This is the real movie. These people should be in a Psycho <laughs> remake. Yeah. And it just felt to me that like... Where the top end is the heavy end in the original Psycho. This... the the bottom end of this one is like the more elegant oh, yeah. end of the film because yeah, it had more true. stuff that I liked in it. Mm. Um, maybe we should talk about like things that stood out this time. Okay. Because I think the main things that are different, obviously, VVF. The Vince Vaughn factor mm. in this one is that he jerks off. Very hard to get around that. It's hard to get around that. That's a big key difference. He's uh, like the reason that you might never want to watch this movie yeah. in many ways. I'm sure most people listening haven't even seen Psycho 98 because yeah. of its bad reputation and you likely have no interest in watching Vince yeah. Vaughn do this. And uh, But the, I got to say, like, give it a, I don't know, give it a shot. It's interesting. It's interesting. It's it made not, me feel sick. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, the main things that stood out for me um, are... Or things you liked or disliked. Yeah. I don't know if I like it or the insert shots... I hated those. I really... That's the point where I get so angry at Gus Van Sant. They don't work. I'm it's like, so why art did house. you? Yeah. Obviously, he's an art house director. And that sort of thing, this like montage mm. sped up footage is kind of a mainstay. If you've ever seen My Own Private Idaho, yeah. a lot of that movie has these kind of little flashes of imagery that are supposed to represent what's going on in the people's brains. Some sort of primal shit. Yeah, it's like interesting. So we see shots that. of like, you know, water and fucking nature stuff like that. Rolling inserted. clouds, yeah. like cattle moving across fields. 
it's just real Koyanis Katsi shit happening in those. Yeah, it's and just, it's all fuck. For, why are you putting this in? You, and it's just when people are dying. And also, you decided to make this movie mm. an exact replication. Why would you do this? What are you trying to You're say? You're just going here? against your own, like your own essay. Mm. If this film is an essay on genius, and I'm yeah. I'm going to recreate all the elements to see if I can capture the genius mm. of one of my heroes. Why would you then write in the margins of it? I think that's such a beautifully put point. And I think that goes down to the difference between these two films and these two filmmakers. Alfred Hitchcock was not... Um, I don't know if this is the right way to put it. He didn't make art. He didn't choose mm. to make art. Yeah. He didn't go in thinking he's going to make art. Alfred yeah. Hitchcock was a brilliant filmmaker, a brilliant craftsman, and perhaps a brilliant artist as well. Mm. But he, especially with Psycho and stuff, he was going in to make fun movies. Mm. He wanted to make movies. Art is what was applied to it afterwards. Yeah. Art is what happened to those movies when the audiences saw them and when people like Francois Truffaut mm. and the people at Cahiers du Cinema over in Gay Paris saw these movies and decided and you know put film theory to them invented yeah. auteurist theory looking at fucking Hitchcock's work mm. you know Hitchcock and Truffaut those fucking conversations that have been recorded mm. one of the best film books ever that is when it changed from movie to art and I think oh, Gus Van Sant's going in as an, as an artist. artist already he's already an artist he's trying to make art yeah and this movie it is art Art sucks a lot of the time, though. <laughs> and, but the, the, things that are, the things that really stood out to me this time that I either liked or found interesting, um, it's, apart from the things that we've already mentioned, the start of the movie is a little bit different. Mm. So it's like a helicopter shot and we yeah. slowly kind of progress in and sneak through the window. And that's fine. I kind of like that. That's like, what, well, they've extended yeah. what Hitchcock would have done mm. had it been available technology at the time. That's what Hitch wanted to do, but yeah. they couldn't do it. I love he that He literally stuff. wanted to do that. There's other the also at the start, you know, they're in bed. It's not mm. just one of them getting dressed while the other one's yeah. in bed. They're both in bed. Vigan Mortensen's naked. All that stuff I'm actually fine with. Yeah. Because it's, again, what Hitchcock would have done yes. had he been allowed to. Yes. But the little, it's the little things that don't feel Hitchcockian. Those little mm. insert shots of storm clouds. Yes. It feels false to the, the essay. whacking off. Yeah. It's yeah. wrong. It's like, it's not, it feels like he gave up on his own. Mm. Thesis. Uh, I would like to tell you a couple of things I really did like, though, yeah. or that worked for me. Um, some changes uh, and some things to do with color and the production design of the film, because those are the things that have changed. Mm-hmm. Um, the when we are being toured around the room with uh, Vince Vaughn and and H, mm-hmm. when he flicks on the light to the bathroom. The light that pours out of that room is so bright and so white that I was like, that is clever because we already know what's going to happen in yeah, that room. Yeah. And to add something to it like that, mm. a little foreshadowing or the opposite of foreshadowing, for brightening, <laughs> um, I thought was brilliant. Yeah, like, I love that second of the film. That's one second of the movie. <laughs> and then when we are in the shower mm. scene and... Um, uh, when we have when the, the I love the shower curtain mm. how it's like this weird geometric shape. Yeah, it made me kind of wish a, I had a shower curtain. Same. I was like, I want that shower. <laughs> like curtain. I hate shower curtains. Yeah, but they're that's disgusting. A good one. Yeah. But then like um, that looks so cool. How it's kind of like a kaleidoscopic. Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, you know, one of those eye trick toys mm. like the clear kaleidoscopes with yeah. that colors. 
That's brilliant. Then when the curtain gets pulled aside, because we're so used to this movie talking in the same cinematic language of the original Psycho and the imagery of that original Psycho, to see um, the mother character look different. The hair being different. The hair being mm. different. It being Vince Vaughn being massive mm. and um, with the knife, the way the knife's down, the way the hair is like all kind of like falling down mm. to the sides scared me. Mm. It's It was the first time I'd been truly scared by Psycho was that moment because it was different yeah. and just the design of the character was slightly different and it scared me because I wasn't anticipating that at all <laughs> and it looked so cool yeah. and so scary. So, I love that design. Yeah, I think uh, production design on this movie is great. I even love the costumes. Mm. It's been given a lot of shit for being like a candy-coloured version of Psycho. But yeah. I love the colours in it. Yeah. I love the costumes. I love the production design. I yeah. think it looks great. It's a good-looking movie. Mm. It's just a shame that, yeah, it just feels like it's like tracing an old one or yeah. like it's a forgery. I, it's, yeah, it's one of those weird things where you go... We hate comedians who rip off other comedians' yeah. work. If you were to, you know, hand in an essay that you'd stolen from the internet, that's yeah. plagiarism. Yeah. And that's the same way I feel about this. It feels like a weird forgery where I'm like a little bit annoyed that that it exists. Yeah. Like, why did you do this? But then again, I'm like interested. I think if I if it wasn't if it was something I discovered and it wasn't like marketed to us yeah. by Universal, I'd probably think it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was just something it's so, that existed online. It's so ballsy. Yeah, I'd be like, this is crazy. Everyone should watch this. If it was like an installation, if it wasn't yeah. made for cinemas, if it was like an art piece that was in a gallery, mm. and then people were like, holy shit, this is amazing. Let's put it in cinemas. Let's put it in fucking DVDs that come with Domino's or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like yeah. if it was available on DVD and it was like, they didn't advertise as this is the, this is the remake of Psycho. This yeah. was like, this is an art house interpretation of Psycho. Yeah. That is a direct remake. It either needed to be more, you know, it could have been, um, I think it could have been more like Todd Hainsey, Far Mm. From Heaven, kind of like really playing with the melodrama, the genre, the time, using all of that against itself in a way. And then it would have been more arthousey. Like seeing that Todd Haynes spin on Douglas Sirk movies feels so edgy because it's a, a 90s or early 2000s filmmaker queer filmmaker working within the constraints of a 1950s yeah. thing I'll- and then the changes they make are minor but the yeah. changes that change this change the way the film there's you know there's queer commentary in it yeah and then there's also race commentary in it as do, well do you think that i think the film psycho would have been more successful if it lent harder into that mm. kind of really commenting on the era the filmmaking styles the acting styles yeah. and the code like the haze code stuff yeah. that would have been so cool yeah, it's... I don't know. I For me, while I've talked so negatively about this movie, mm. I find it hard to categorize, did I like it, did I hate it? Me too. Because it's so yeah. interesting, but also it feels like a failed experiment. Yeah, yeah, um, it does. Let's... I can talk to you about more, now that we've had our big in discussion about this, mm. I can talk to you a little bit more about how this got made um, because it's hard to find online. Like, mm. it's not... There's not too much on there, but this documentary really opened my eyes and made me kind of understand well, like, uh, what a lot of this was going for and the things that sh- surprised me really fucking shocked me because I didn't know they were... I didn't know that some of these people were involved in this movie. Go on. Um, so, obviously, Brian Grazer is a producer, mm. one of the biggest Hollywood producers, Ron Howard's mate. Mm. Um, he's in Arrested Development Season 4. 
Uh, imagine entertainment. That's his shit. Yeah. Um, but um, so Gus Van Sant, uh, when he was becoming the hi- the hi- when he was the hip director before, mm. I'm talking before um, Good William Good Hunting. Hunting mm. He kept getting all these offers, and always in the offers were remakes of things. Mm. He's like, why would anyone do a remake? Mm. And he started getting the ideas. Hey, like, what if we were to like just make, do something where you? It's a remake. You're mm. remaking the movie. Mm. You're making the movie again. Mm. And he's kept going psycho, 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 psycho. And there was something about him that wanted to do that. So he started going, I want to make psycho. I want to make <laughs> psycho. And everyone's like, Universe's like, no, 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 thanks. No, 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 thanks. No, 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 no. <laughs> and like, they didn't, obviously, they didn't want to do it because it's a fucking crazy idea to do. Yeah. Um, then Goodwill Hunting comes out. Huge success, huge hit. He has the clout. He mm. can make whatever he wants. He goes, I want to do Psycho now. So they have to. Universal does it. Yeah. Um, he gets the okay from Pat Hitchcock, who is Hitchcock's mm. daughter, mm-hmm. who's also in the original Psycho. Yeah, that's right. She plays the the woman, uh, that the co-worker of Marion Crane, mm. now played by... The- he must have noticed my wedding ring. Now played by... Rita Wilson. Rita Wilson, who, by the way, I love. You love Rita Wilson. I adore Rita Wilson. Without her, there would not be Greek culture in the modern day because she made... My big fat Greek wedding possible. Yeah, she did. She That's did true. it. Yeah. Um, I remember in one of the early episodes of the podcast, you thought that Colin Hanks was her son. <laughs> They're like yeah. the same age. Well, not the same age. She's not the old love. Well, I just didn't... It blew my mind to even think that <laughs> Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks had, been has had sex with someone else. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so he got the okay. And yeah. so he's... Mm, he... That was his thing is that he wanted to remake a movie. Mm. And I think the statement was trying to make is where is the artistry? Mm. If we're remaking the movie, what is the difference? Where is the genius and stuff like that? What can seep through? Love this. I love all this. It's all fascinating. In theory. I love it. And um, another person who was involved in this movie that I didn't know was involved with the movie and when they popped up in the documentary and then kept coming up so prominently, shocked the shit out of my ass. (laughs) <laughs> Do you know who shot this movie? No. Christopher Doyle. Who, perhaps the greatest living cinematographer. He's done all Wong Kar Wai movies. Um, right, right, right. Let me right, just right. redo like every movie he's shot because mm-hmm. they're crazy. In the Mood for Love, Chunking Express, 2046, Happy Together, uh, Fallen Angels, The Lady in the Water, Paranoid Park, which is another Gus Van Sant movie, Hero, uh, Rabbit Proof Fence, uh, Limits of Control, the Jim Jarmusch movie. Right. So these are all really iconic looking films and he's very picky with what he does. So he saw this as an experiment for him because now we are dealing with colour. Mm. We are change- We are transferring black and white with colour. He's emulating another famous filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And so he saw this as an experiment as well because now he can play with colour in a different way, recreate things and... Um, play with lights and color and stuff and that's what he loves to do he loves lights this cunt loves lights <laughs> but he's um he's an australian he's australian he lives in hong kong it, to me it was just endlessly fascinating that he was involved in this because mm. that was such a shock because he's such an picky artist with what he does and mm. with who he works with that for him to do something like this where i didn't see inherently the creativity of doing something like this mm. 
it, it, it really shocked me. It, mm. it really, really threw me to see him involved, especially because I've been thinking about him recently because I just watched the movie Made, which stars Vince Vaughn and it's John Favreau's debut film. <laughs> and it's also shot by Christopher Doyle. It's also shot by him. And I found that fucking weird. Oh, God. It's so weird. Well, he obviously loves Vince Vaughn. <laughs> well, this is after. He did Made after that. But it's just like that... Uh, I don't know, man. That like, just like that shocked me because made also felt weird because it was shot by him. Mm. Like I thought it was going to be. You mean a, it's too beautiful? Yeah, I thought it was going to be a Goodfellas romp, but then right, it's like right, a right. fucking Wong Kar Wai movie that's all about like <laughs> existentialism and shit like that. Just because of the way it looks, it's, it gives you time to ponder things because yeah. you're like interested by the frame. But then also there's discussion about like what are we recreating? Do we make the reverse project the reprojection mm. look like reprojection, which I guess they decide to do in the end? Which I'm. Fine with. I think that I think it just could have gone harder. Yeah, it felt like how harder can you go if the guy fucking squirts his gurk all over <laughs> the fucking walls? I read this um period appropriate uh, mm. interview. I think just before the film came out with Van Sant, where he says, um, "Yeah, we're recreating it shot for shot, doing it exactly as it was. Yeah, although sometimes we couldn't because we couldn't figure out how the camera moved yeah. or how the blocking worked, so we just had to guess. And at that point." I just thought, I think they just must have given up at a certain mm. point. They must have gotten a bit through production and gone, well, we're not getting it right. Let's just get creative with it. Because yeah. the final sequence is so different when they discover Mrs. Bates in the in the yeah. basement. Framing-wise, it looks so different. The camera moves are different. The blocking's so different. Vince Vaughn gets tackled to the floor by yeah. Viggo Mortensen, which doesn't happen Even in the, the original. Even the golf club thing is different. Yeah, all of it is, it's so... I feel like at a certain point they just stopped caring about being like the action is a lot of it is similar like when yeah. we're seeing um when we're seeing Julianne Moore searching the room she mm. sees those golden hands of mother yeah. to mother not mother Teresa um the virgin mary's mm. hands or whatever and then she sees herself in the mirror and gets shocked like that's the same action mm. she goes downstairs then that looks different when they yeah. go downstairs there's but, birds down there now but i think that's also part of the production design and i like the production design of that with I the don't birds love it. and feels stuff like in there it feels like Sansa Lambs rip off like mm. it doesn't it feel does. it doesn't feel right for it, me it really did feel like a Sansa yeah, Lambs rip off yeah there's like fluttering birds everywhere yeah. it's a weird topiary it's like the 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 the, the butterflies and yeah. moths in the Science of the Lambs. It's all it, that all played wrong. I'll tell you how I, I noticed this because I watched it. I watched Psycho ninety eight, and then I hell yeah, dude! Immediately after, mm. watched the Steven Soderbergh cut Psychos, yeah, which is where he cuts both films together. Did, is it a whole film? Whole film. Did you watch the whole film? I watched the whole film. Wow. So, I've watched Psycho three times. Wow, wow. <laughs> um, I didn't know it was the whole film. I thought it was sequences. Yeah. No, the whole movie. It's it's pretty good. So, he, um, he goes between the way... Can you describe how it how it, it actually exists? I'll tell you, it's different to what I thought it was going to be. I'd heard about this a while ago. I think he put it up on his website in 2013 or 14. Mm. Because he loves to do this shit, Soderbergh. Just like yeah. does random cuts of movies. He loves to fuck around. He's <laughs> like, like a Topher Grace of, yeah. <laughs> of big filmmakers. Because I've also watched his um, his black and white Indiana Jones yeah. cut and stuff like that where he yeah. regraded it and all this wow. shit. He's a psychopath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like goes, you know what? I would like to see this movie black and white. Yeah. I'm going to spend... A month doing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> That's why it took five years off from filmmaking to make other weird <laughs> to make shit. Other shit. So I thought it was going to be almost a schizophrenic mm. every shot 
is from a different movie. Yeah. It's not that. It's quite selective. It's almost as if every scene is from a different movie. Okay. So the movie opens with modern day one. And then as soon as, like, they have the whole thing on the bed, as soon as Anna Heche leaves the room, we are now watching Janet Lee enter the bank. Wow, okay. And then that scene plays out with Janet Lee, then the next one is Anna Heche, and so on and so on. But he gets creative. He's clearly chosen the takes that he wants us mm. to see. Yeah. Uh, for example, Vince Vaughn masturbating is in this movie. Okay. And Well, it improves the movie. <laughs> yeah. I think so, any movie will be improved you see Vince Vaughn of jacking off. There's also some interesting shit where at four points during the movie, probably the most uh, iconic, violent parts yeah. of the movie, both films are overlaid on top of each oh, other. Oh, okay. So, the shower scene is... Both of them. Wow. On top of one's okay. black and white and one's colour. Yeah. The whole movie's black and white. Yeah. But for those four sequences, the 98 version what are is they? in colour. So the Shower. F- yep. So, we see that in overlay, which yep. is so cool. Yeah. I'd love to see that projected somewhere. Yeah. Uh, looks very cool. Colour, black and white. The framing sometimes is off. Sometimes it's spot on. So, yeah. the faces are right on top of each other. Um, then it goes... Back to black and white. The other ones are Arbogast's murder, yep. obviously, which is still, can I just say, the silliest thing I've ever seen on <laughs> Yeah, it looks film. like he's flying. It's ridiculous. The, w- the way they show that being made in the documentary Psychopath is yeah. that... Um, is he on like a... He's on a green screen and he just like, when uh, they say cut, William H. Macy starts pretending he's swimming and stuff like that because he's having a blast doing it. How would they have done it back in the day though? Would um, that have been reprojection, re- I guess. Because they couldn't... Like, if you watch I even was like, movies... maybe they built a, something yeah. for him to sit on to go down the stairs. No, but he, no, it's so reprojection. And then you see so him... Like, <laughs> even movies like The Omen in the 70s, they do, like, reprojection. She's falling off the thing and looks... She's clearly not falling yeah, at the right yeah. speed of things and mm-hmm. stuff. But, um, yeah, that's an... I think that's an interesting choice. I think seeing the knife go through the face, like, the yeah. slit is cool in the remake. I think it's cool. And the other scenes? The other scenes are the discovery of... From the discovery of Mrs. Bates mm. through to the apprehension of Norman. Okay. So that whole fight sequence down in the basement. They're overlaid, but they're overlaid. different. I know, it's so weird. How that's does that when I really feel? that's when I really clued on to how yeah. different the Gus Van Sant one was. Because they're different scene mm. it's different altogether. There's so many more shots in the Gus Van Sant one. Uh, and then the final scene of Norman's monologue. Yeah where the camera's zooming in on him, that's both of them as well, and both sets of audio. Wow. So you've got, yeah, the modern one and the old one playing at the same time, and it's really weirdly hallucinogenic. It's yeah. a really cool experience. Um, watch it if you <laughs> if you want. It's on it's on Steven Soderbergh's website. Which, it's that's crazy to me, but also that's really interesting because, as we've talked in the past, Steven Soderbergh is an inherently experimental filmmaker. Mm, yeah. And so something like this in his hands, mm. um, it is interesting. Whereas I think in Gus Van Sant, he is clearly experimenting. He clearly wants to experiment. Mm. But I think, especially at this point in time in his career, this is the most mainstream moment of his life. Yeah. And this is not the right... It's cool that he did it. Mm. Good on you. But it's... Um, they're different types of filmmakers too. Yeah. When I think of Gus Van Sant, because I quite like him, mm. I think of his handheld stuff, free-flowing, yeah. um, montage-heavy, you know, filmmaking yeah. style. Someone, a contemporary like Steven Soderbergh, mm-hmm. is a much more controlling 
director yeah. who loves precision and exact camera moves and blocking, mm. he could have made a yeah. remake of Psycho and it would have been more spot on maybe. Oh, and it, funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that... I don't know. I feel... They're different experimenters because I think yeah. Gus Van Sant's playful. Yeah. And I think Soderbergh is playful but with different areas. Yeah. Well, seeing seeing this thing, the cut of both movies made me think maybe there's some value to this yeah. Van Sant version. Otherwise, Soderbergh wouldn't have bothered doing this, you know? Mm. So, hearing hearing him talk, Gus Van Sant talking about it mm. in the documentary made me see some value in it. Made me appreciate it, I guess, yeah. is yeah. the word that I'm looking for. But then he said one other thing that made me appreciate it. He said that film is still young. We're still, at the time of making mm. this, they're still roughly in the first 100 years of film. Mm. Just still such a young art form. And he said, in 300 years' time, there's going to be more movies like this. I just want to be one of the first... Like, he doesn't say, I want to be one of the first ones, but that's what he says, well, implying that... He is, I guess. That's what he's doing. He is. And, you know, there probably will be. Yeah. I think that's pretty interesting. What movie would you love to see directly remade? <laughs> <laughs> um, American Pie Hell yeah dude There's yeah. more people in it Now that we've uh, Brought up Steven Soderbergh mm. As a potential Director yeah. for this, I want to ask you Who would you like To see In the Shot for shot Remake of Psycho If you could Recast mm. it Actually Let's Re-shot, go period recast. Let's go 1998 period. period Yeah Well there was a person That I thought of Immediately while watching This movie Seeing Vince Vaughn Being wrong And uh-huh. I thought of it And I said I texted you, do you know who would crush this? Mm. I didn't tell you who it was. My choice, <laughs> Sandman, Adam Sandler. <laughs> Holy shit. Can you see wow, it? Wow, I can see it. Because you can see the sympathy that he yeah, can have. I and can there's see the that. moments of rage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can see that. It's punch yeah, drunk yeah. love. Like he's quite yeah. sweet and simple. Yeah. And, then we know that he's got the rage within him. Yeah, but I could see, you know, rain over me and I can see yeah. him. Little Nicky was another one I was thinking about oh, yeah. when I was thinking about him doing like, you know, the the not being able to make eye contact and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's because Vince Vaughn is so towering and so mm. big and he just like, he screams confidence even when he's playing a character that should not be confident yeah. like this. Seeing someone like Adam Sandler who can play someone who's so fucking <laughs> tied up and has so many issues and so fucking like... Just not confident, like little Nicky. I was just like, this would be fucking. I like that. He could crush this. He would be very good at that. And it would be so far, like early on in his career, yeah. when he could have like this would have been so crazy to see that early. My only thought was like Toby Maguire. That's the one that came to mind. Mm, and I don't love that. To me, he's just too on the like nose of Perkins. Yeah, he probably is a bit too on the nose. I killed it, dude. Sam yeah. is the best, right? That's very good. Isn't it exciting? That's very good. Marion Crane, Jada Pinkett Smith. Great. I think that's good. Yeah. I love Jada Pinkett. <laughs> Me too. She's great. I think great she actor. captures a lot of the stuff that, ja- that of Janet Lee that I like, where there's like a kind of um, a coldness to her or a, f- uh, a, c- a cipher nature, mm, yeah. a Niobiness, where you can't yes. really tell what's happening. Yes, please. Give me yeah. that Niobiness where mm. we don't really know what she's thinking. At all yeah. Times. Who should be Morpheus? <laughs> um, any, who else would you like to recast? I'm, I'm really... You know, I like Viggo Mortensen mm. in this. I think he's yeah, good. Yeah, same. He's great casting. Do you know who I would have chosen um, for my Marion Crane? Who? And it would be a shame to not see them reunited <laughs> later, but Taya Leone. <laughs> Taya Leone was my choice, and I stand by it. I think they have the same hair as well with, uh, with oh, Janet man. Lee. But... I don't see it. 
<laughs> I don't Sailing see it. only should have been it. No, I don't see Especially it. Especially contemporaneously. Come on, man. She's too TV. <laughs> oh, no. You're saying Anna Hayes is more cinematic than fucking Taylorini? Yes, yes. Oh. Taylorini makes no sense in this. I'm sorry. Oh. I don't see it. I think she's perfect for it. But I would love to see her bump into Bill Macy, but unfortunately, she'll be carked it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, who else oh. could be a Sam for you from that era? Sam Loomis. Well, I mean, anyone's Freddie Prince Prim- Jr.? <laughs> Freddie Prince Jr. <laughs> if he's this young, young guy. Um, Matthew Lillard. Yeah, maybe Matthew Who, by Perry. by the way, is having a renaissance at the moment. Yeah, well, and Matthew I'm, Lillard would have killed her as fucking... Um, as Norman Bates. Yeah. Yeah, too funny, though. Exactly. What about Billy Loomis? Jimmy Kennedy? What about, yeah, <laughs> what about Billy Loomis himself from Skeet fucking Skeet Ulrich. I could see that. You know, he could do it. Or the other Sam Loomis from Halloween, Dr. Sam Loomis, mm. Donald Pleasance. <laughs> what about, um, what about it was- Greg Kinnear oh, as yeah. someone? Greg Kinnear should have been in every movie in this decade, though. He's awesome. Yeah. What about Maddie and Ben? Oh, oh yeah, Ben Affleck, please. It's a threesome. It's both of them <laughs> playing it. Yeah, Ben Affleck could have been Sam Loomis. He's, yeah. he's exactly the right physicality yeah. for that role. And, and if think, that's the case, they should have definitely got Adam Sandler as normal. Yeah, because Bates. Sam Loomis is supposed to be this protective masculine yeah, figure. He's a cowboy. How can you be protective when it's the fucking Hulk that you're going up against? <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, Arbogast. I'm happy with Bill happy. Macy. Yeah. He's perfect casting. Yeah, very happy with Bill Macy. A lot of the supporting cast, I think, is perfect. I'm also very that. happy with Julianne Moore. Julianne Moore's great, too. And she's perfect from that era. I couldn't pick anyone. Exactly. Except for maybe Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Aniston, get yeah. fucking Matthew Perry as, yeah. as. No, fucking David Schwimmer as Psycho. Oh, yeah. As, as the a psycho? psycho, the digital psycho. Get fucking uh, Matt LeBlanc as Sam Loomis. Yes, please. That's, yes, yes, yes. Okay, um, get freaking Courtney Cox Arquette as Marion Crane. Yep, she gets killed off. Oh, God. This is a good and remake. Lisa Kudrow to do the voice of mother. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and instead of... Um, <laughs> so, instead of... <laughs> it's Smelly Cat. <laughs> instead of Flea, it's Gunther. Oh, yeah. Gunther's working there. And Matthew Perry is Arbogast, obviously. Yeah, obviously. Obviously, he's fucking Arbogast. He's a PI. Yeah. And get Marcel. <laughs> Marcel could be, um, could be the Texas, the Texas billionaire at the start <laughs> of the movie. Yeah, I could have, you know. Or even Bruce Willis as Sam Loomis. He's yeah. probably too big at the time, 98. But yeah. Yeah, this is like, you know, there's interesting choices out there. I'm with you on this Adam Sandler thing. Yeah. Because I think you and I both think Sandler... We'll win an Oscar we'll win in the an next Oscar three in or the next four years. Four years. And I hope it is for my remake of Psycho, yeah, of Gus Van yeah, Sant's yeah. Psycho. I'd love that to be the case. Yeah. I'd love that. And my version is just filmed on green screen. It's only Adam Sandler. We just put him over the top. Of, <laughs> <laughs> we do a wetter thing. We put him over the top of Vince Moore, put trackers on him. <laughs> um, I think we've maybe chatted about everything we could possibly chat about. Yeah, it's I an interesting experiment. It's one that is possibly a failure, but it's you know worth looking at. Yeah, if you got. You know, a night in. Yeah. Also, check out the Soderbergh cut because it's a fucking bizarre yeah. experiment. A we'll bizarre share that on our Facebook page. Yeah, so, that's a good idea. Yeah, we'll, we'll share that there. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. We've been talking about Psycho and Psycho 1998, directed by Gus Van Sant, the maker of Milk Milk. <laughs> but not lemonade and not chocolate, which was around the corner. Uh, but next week on the podcast, we are talking about one of our most 
favorite beloved movies ever. We're talking about the reboot of a classic TV series once again, the Brady Bunch movie. Mm. We both have a huge love for this movie. We have a crush on this movie. We love it. So if you haven't seen it, track it down, chuck it on. Yeah, chuck it on and just chill out. And we got some good buddies on for that one too, so that'll be a really fun yeah, episode. Yeah, so look out for that one. That's going to be real fun. Uh, if you guys want more of us, you can subscribe to our Patreon, mm-hmm. patreon.com slash total reboot, and you can pay the small fee of five buckos in order to get some exclusive podcast content from us and access to a private secret Facebook chat group that we are all in, bunch of Babies are in there. We're all posting shit all the time. It's so much fun. fun stuff, hanging out with talking re- about movies. Other registered cinephiles is so fun. It's a lot of fun. It's very cheap and you can join and it's so it's a blast. Yeah. And we what, keep getting more people in it. It's oh, so good. I love it. And um, what you get for that ex- for that little little subscription fee is you get a bonus podcast from us. Mm-hmm. The bonus podcast is Total Reboot Riffs, where we pitch our own reboots and remakes. Like if you like if you like my little pitch about Sandman being <laughs> being the freaking psycho, we do a lot of dumb shit like that over there. Yeah, it's really cool. You'll have an absolute blast. Uh, give us five stars on iTunes, mm-hmm. all that stuff. You know what you're doing. Uh, we love you to do that. It'd be cool to spread the word about us. Talk to us online mm-hmm. if you want. We're on Facebook, obviously. Total Reboot Movie Podcast. Mm-hmm. We're on Twitter at Total Reboot Pod. And we're both there individually as well. What's yours again? Uh, on Instagram as well, it is This Is Alexi. And I am I am Cameron James on Instagram and Twitter as well. Um, can I plug my show? you got to plug your gotta show. got to plug my show. If anyone out there in this great wide world lives in the small town of Sydney, New South Wales, Australia, I'm going to be doing a one-off final on-call performance of my stand-up show that I toured this year. And I'm recording it for an album. We're making a comedy album Hell yeah. of that hour. I'd love you to come. I'm, I'd love you to come so much that I'm going to offer two-for-one tickets oh. to anyone who listens to this podcast. How are we going to do that? You can go on the uh, website, which will be in the show notes, mm-hmm. or you can Google it if you just want to fucking Google, and use the promo code YEAHBABY, all one word. YEAHBABY, all one word, for two-for-one tickets to my show on the 20th of August. Come, laugh. Be a part of her story. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? I think that was so woke. Fuck yeah, dude. Uh, Thanks for joining (laughs) us. We'll see you next week for the Brady Bunch movie. Check it out. It is one of the best. It's one of the best. Beta Pod.